0: Hey guys, how you doing? This is uh, Nick Church, Steve Sudary, Brian Brown, and this is the season two premiere of the Seven and Six podcast. Uh, we're presented by Anchor FM. Uh, today we have. Uh, at least to me, to Nick, a very special guest. Uh, it's my best friend, uh, Michael Alex Gandara. He's a uh, 6260 uh, Ordnance LDO, currently AWEPs out on the uh, USS Kentucky Blue in Banger, Washington. Um, and uh, we're just really uh, blessed to have him here locally for us. And uh, we hit him up and said, hey, you would like to be on the podcast. And, uh, you know, as he said, he was like, yeah. And uh, he was down, right? So we're really excited about that. So uh, as we get started here, I'm gonna go around around the room and just ask everybody what they're drinking on today. So what you got, Brian? Uh, I'm
1: just drinking my favorite, uh, Jango and Ginger, the tried and True Man.
0: All right, sounds good. I saw you double fisting. What was that beer you're drinking? Uh, that 805
1: that you can only get. <laughs> yeah,
0: so he's got the Firestone Walker 805. So Firestone Walker exports about four different beers out here to the East Coast. And unfortunately, 805, which is the area code where Firestone Walker's at, is that only place you can get the 805 is in California. So it's,
2: it's very frustrating. Steve, what you got? Uh, typical love Ultra. <laughs> I was gonna bring a I was gonna bring a gallon of this uh, Carlo Rossi Paisano that I had, so it doesn't go bad because I was cooking with it the <laughs> other day. But I figured that wouldn't go, that wouldn't pair well with the smoke. So word. All right. Uh, I, I kind of went back and
0: forth with what I was going to uh, drink today. Uh, but I just went ahead and went with the old trusted Buffalo Trace. Uh, they dropped one liter bottles in Hampton Roads at all the Navy exchanges for the price of the 750 milliliters. Uh, so I ended up getting like five bottles. Uh, so my, yeah, my inventory's up a little bit for that.
2: They only do that. They only did that this year, though, right? Right. Only right, this yeah. year. They, only they're not going to do it
0: next year, guys. <laughs>
3: and don't take my bourbon. <laughs> and then uh, Mike, what you got? Um, I got my two favorites, man. I got classic fucking. Bud Heavy. And then I got a Glen Limit 12. Um, it's not the OG 12. It's the Double Oak. I, don't, I haven't seen the, the original 12 in I don't even know how long. Like, every time I go, like, it's always this Double Oak. But uh, that's what I got. All right. I'll look for you for Christmas. Damn straight. <laughs> we got a few days. All
0: right. And uh, so Mike always calls, uh, you know, he calls his little bit the Glen. Uh, but any one of your Scotch sugars out there know that, like, if you just say Glen, that literally means about... 50 distilleries oh, in scotland <laughs> starts with the Glen, right yeah. so it's always kind of funny like, people are like what are you drinking i'm like the glenn they're like glenn what and i was like the Glen." they're like you gotta you gotta say the rest of the word man yeah. <laughs> so anyways all right so we're gonna roll right it right into uh our, our special guest here uh mike gandara uh so mike uh tell us kind of about your current job and
3: uh your, your military background all right so like nick said i'm the aweps on the kentucky blue um yeah so before that first boat well i'll go even deeper so i was just a little scrub ass kid in uh in texas and um my buddy brian was uh like this super oh i'm gonna be a navy seal type guy um and you know he was always going to talk to the recruiters so and he kind of lived with me at the time right so the recruiter went to burger king that's where he was working and they're like hey we're looking for brian and uh They're like, oh, you might want to go check this one dude's house because, you know, he's not here. So they come over to my house, sit down with me, start spitting their shit, and, you know, next thing you know, I'm taking the ASVAB on their little computer. And, uh like yeah. on location on lo- in my in my like kitchen in the house right oh, and my yeah. mom's like oh fuck like what's going on right now <laughs> You got recruited to play for a, like a college football team yeah right? man. <laughs> and they don't even know who the hell i am cuz i never have right. I talked to a recruiter so we would going to sign you now <laughs> they, i take the asvab they end up like uh you know i sign i sign the contract and the guys like hey um, you want to do submarines? And I was like, uh, you know, I don't really know what that's about. And he's like, well, you know, if you just you can always get rid of it, but if you sign up for it, you get a bonus. Uh, the
2: classic The classic,
3: right? So I'm like, all right, fuck, a bonus. Like, I, I like money. So I, I signed up for it, line. I go to boot camp, do the whole thing and uh, so I'm sitting in boot camp and it gets towards the end of the time, right? And uh, well we first off, we go to do the jobs and it's like I'm talking to this a ganger, and he's like, all right, you're a machinist mate. You know, you can you can come to this job, and you know you'll have you'll get great job experience, and you get out, and you'll have any job you want or whatever. Uh, but you deal with shit. And I was like, oh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> and then uh, the torpedo man came in. and He's like, yeah, man, we fucking we play with torpedoes, and you mess with guns and all that stuff. So obviously, I went the torpedo man route.
2: Being from Texas, guns.
3: Yeah, right. Okay. So uh, <laughs> so I do that, and then it gets towards the end of boot camp, and I sit down with the lady, and she's like, okay, I see you're a machinist mate, and you're you're going to subs. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to do that anymore. And she's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, the guy told me, you know, like, you sign up for subs, you get a bonus, but you don't have to do that anymore. Like, you can, it's a voluntary thing. You don't have to do it. And I was like, all right, so I don't want to do that. And she's like, okay, that's not how that works. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) fuck me, right? (laughs) So uh, I go to my first sub, the um, USS Nebraska in Bangor, Washington, and, uh, you know, doing my thing, little scrub torpedo man. And I was... Well, I'll get to this maybe some point later. Um, but I ended up doing a split tour because everybody was going to the same shore duty, and I didn't want to do that. So I did a split tour and went to the USS Asheville, 758, the there you go, uh, in San Diego, California. That's where I met up with Nick. Um, been been boys ever since. But did that thing, got all my quals done, kind of set myself up for success, and uh, went to... Kings Bay to TTF, my first shore duty at this time. And uh, I loved that job. Got to go teach and uh, teach little junior TMs and all that stuff. And that was, dude, that was an awesome ass job. Um, and then, you know, got to network around with all the other boats while at TTF. So they hit me up and they're like, hey, man, uh, you want to come to the Alaska? We got a spot open up. Like, we really want you over here. So I did that, went to the Alaska, did my first chief tour. Um, which was also, like, the greatest thing ever, like, having your own division. And that's kind of where me and Nick split parts because we, we were, like, riding riding the wave, like, got first class together, made chief together, um, and then, like, he, he kind of went and did his own thing, and I went to do go do the chief tour. Um, so went to the Alaska, did that, and then uh, for me, being a torpedo man, man, like, I thought I was pretty solid, but they're only making one every year, like, senior chief. And all the guys I made chief with, they're all picking up senior chief, and I'm just like the scrub, just kind of trucking along. But it's, it's really out of my control. Um, so then, I, like my very last time, I put in the LDO package, got selected, and then they fucking made 13 Torpedo Men senior chiefs that year. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, right? Well, I mean, I took it as a sign, man. Like, better job opportunities, everything like that. So I uh, went over to the Kentucky. And that's where I'm at now. And uh, here in August, I should be transferring, uh, transferring to Swift Lant over in Kings Bay. That's gross. I'm gonna throw yeah. up right now. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, nasty. Yeah, fuck you guys. But so be uh, forever.
0: Yeah, right. So uh, you you talked about Kentucky, your first boat. Uh, so he didn't he didn't no, no, mention no. talked about Nebraska, my first. There you boat. go, Nebraska, your first boat. Your time frame on Nebraska was when I was on West Virginia from like '05 to 09, right? um there there was something that I remember happening that made all the boomers have to uh guard the shaft or whatever after that, so talk about that situation. oh man
3: all right so yeah um, and when what the time frame was uh, fuck i don't even know what the time frame was so so somewhere from o five to o nine right on the Nebraska, I was a young t m two and uh we had the whole rudder ram issue where the guy you know got caught up in the rudder ram um and being a like You know, you come into the Navy, or, I mean, probably for anybody, you come into the uh, military and you think, you know, maybe some crazy shit's going to happen, but then once you get acclimated, you don't ever think it's going to happen, right? So, I'm little TM2 Gondara, and uh, we're doing field day. It was a Saturday. We're doing field day in the torpedo room, and I come up to get permission to raise the hoist. And, uh, you know, I got my boy driving on the helm, and I come up, and... You hear the 4MC come across in at the BCP, and it was the worst shit I've ever heard in my life. Like, a grown man screaming. So, while
0: you're up in control to ask
3: to raise the hoist, the shit went down. Yeah. you But hear, I I hear with your boy also driving the boat. My boy's driving the boat. Ugh. Um, Ugh. So, I hear this screeching, like, just grown man scream, you know, and you hear, like, you know, whatever. You, you don't really make out the words at that point of what the guy's saying. Um... And then, you know, I go back down and, you know, come to find out later on when everybody is, like, doing actions to, like, help this guy out, right? You got the fucking egg hangers that are, like, rigging up oxygen and all kinds of shit. Because basically what happened is the guy got, like, ripped from uh, some major artery in his leg all the way up his back. Yeah,
1: it was a a femoral artery.
3: Yeah, yeah. All the way, like, from his leg to his back, just back there cleaning. Yeah. and it was crazy, man. Like the whole boat came together just got to like help this kid out. Aegon is rigging up shit. Everybody's kind of like cleaning up blood and uh, you know putting shit in bags and like kind of making a little contamination area in the three-inch launcher and shit. Um, and you know we're like everybody's coming up. We're, we come up to like get comms and you know set up a hemovac and everything. Alert. Uh, I don't remember, dude. I was too I was too young at the time. To um, but ba- so later on that day, we come up and uh, we, we get the guy off the boat, you know, like everybody's passing him through the miscompartment L.E.T. And I mean, basically, from the time he got off of the boat, like topside, it was it was a done deal. Um, so, you know, we, we go out, we're driving around and then later on they come across They're like, hey, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, the guy's no longer with us. And it was like, fuck, man, it was a it was a reality check for everybody. Just something simple like day to day. Fucking, we're just cleaning the boat. Yes.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sucks, man. Like as you get
3: like older, going through your stuff, right?
0: Like in our career, all of us here, are pretty, pretty senior now. These things like become more like dare I say normal, normalized, normal operations. Unfortunately, I guess it's just kind of a, a thing of being part of the, part of this game that we're in because you know, like the same tour that I was on in West Virginia, we had a missile tech uh, MT3 Jackson uh, that committed suicide in the fan room as a uh, miscarriage road patrol. And uh, I was the oncoming duty section. They called in at 8 o'clock at night. Uh, they called us in. <clears throat> I ended up escorting a NCIS agent down to the scene. So, you, it's all just fucked up, right? The area or whatever. Bullet hole in the fan room door. Uh, just... Something I'll never forget, right? Impacted. And that doesn't count all the the suicides and all the other stuff that, that we're all unfortunately with. So I just I just remember hearing about the situation when it happened, oh seven, oh eight, something like that. And then I remember meeting up with you. And then when we connected on Asheville, you talked about being on Nebraska. And I was like, oh, did you hear about whatever? And you're like, oh, yeah, I definitely know
3: about that. Yeah. So, and you bond hard after that shit, man. Like, Submariners, you're already, you're already tight. But then when shit like that happens, like, we pulled into Hawaii to uh, – Like, they were like, hey, we're going to pull into Hawaii, we're going to have a memorial service for each section, right? Because you got your import section, so they they had one for every section. And then you also got to, like, contact your family and, you know, like, just make sure everybody was good to go. But once we got back out to sea, like, I mean, you bond a lot tighter after some shit like that. Okay. All right, so we got a little bit of your background.
0: So just a a quick uh, covering of that for those of you that were like, man, maybe I know Mike or whatever. So he was on the Kentucky, uh, I keep saying Kentucky. Uh, he was on the Nebraska from about 05 to 09, uh, decided he wanted to go fast attack. Uh, he was on the Astral from 09 to 12, uh, With TTF, was there. I uh, put on chief there in 2012 and, uh, and then showed up to the uh, Alaska, which is, uh, in, in his words, the best submarine that was in the fleet at the time. Goddamn straight. Uh, I've heard a lot of shit. I actually met a chief select yesterday that was like a TM3 back in the day on the Alaska. Uh, Gandara didn't even know that, that he was even like a first class, let alone now a chief select. And so we met this dude up. He, we, did, we gave him some charges and stuff, right? So uh, true LDO fashion. Mike wrote that shit in green pen, and then I wrote that shit in red pen. So he'll probably do some push-ups on Monday uh, <laughs> for that little charge book entry there or whatever. But we're trying to,
3: we're trying to do work. Um, hey, when were
1: you on Alaska?
3: Alaska was uh 15 to 18. Did you know uh Mike Savage? Savage, yeah. no, might be Gulker then, must be a scrub. <laughs> next, <laughs> me, ne, <laughs> hey, next question, next question, <laughs> next question,
0: and then next uh, next question. So then Mike, uh, Mike's on the Alaska, he's doing work, you know, when I remember, number one TMC on the waterfront like, doing his thing, raising champions, and then, uh, I've been in his ear, right, so I was at Octave 4, and then when I got commissioned, I was at Subland, and I was always going down to Kings Bay, and I kept trying to, like, holler at him, right, so I wouldn't even, like, stay in my hotel room, I, like, I would go to Mike's house, and we would just, like, chill, or whatever. do this, what we're doing now, but, like, without a microphone, and uh, I'd be like, hey, man, go to And he here, nah, man, I, I gotta go do my chief store, nah, man, and then, like, you know, he got on his chief steward and whatever, and he's like, nah, man, I gotta, I'm gonna be a senior chief, I'm gonna be a cop. And I am like, dude, I'm telling you, like, I get it, but I'm telling you, man, like, you, you got the pedigree, let, let's fucking do this, right? And then I remember him calling me and, like, you gotta do it before 14 years. So, like, he was getting towards the end of that time where, like, he wasn't gonna have a chance no more. And I was afraid he was gonna leave something out there, and I think he was too. So, yeah, at least one shot, right? At like, least hey, one look, shot. here's my resume. Y'all fucking do what the fuck you want with it, but here it is. And he uh, boarded out, from what I understand, number one that year in, in Kings Bay, and uh, and then he got selected. And uh,
2: I mean, officers get softer toilet paper underway, anyways. Yeah. So. so it is a little softer. <laughs> I'm just, it's all sandpaper.
0: But 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 cheeks are a little more yeah. gentle in the room than they are in the cheese quarters.
3: Yeah, dude, my uh, ch- my cheeks really softened up once I once I put the bars on it. It's <laughs> the way it works. Um, you know what right now,
0: and then, uh, and then Mike's now out on his first uh, commissioned officer tour on, on the Kentucky Blue out in uh, in Bangor, Washington, and then uh, unfortunately he's made a deal with the devil and he's going to Swift uh, in August. Mm-hmm. Wish him best of luck. I do not want to do that shit at all. Uh, all right, so uh, nothing is Swift about maintenance. Nothing <laughs> is Swift about maintenance in Kings Bay. That's wow. for sure. Uh, so let's talk about a little bit like where you're from, Mike. Like where'd you grow up? What do you call home? A little bit like what's Mike Gandara when the uniform comes off?
3: Um, so I was born in Oak Cliff. So if anybody's from Dallas, they know what Oak Cliff is. I was born in a house in Oak Cliff. Um, you saying Oak Cliff? Oak Cliff. Yeah, Oak Where I,
2: where I think Texas,
3: yeah. I don't think oak trees
2: or cliffs. I think of yeah. desert <laughs> and cows. In that area, and, there's definitely no cows. Oak trees or cliffs. Um, yeah. <laughs> but wait a minute,
0: guys. So I got, I'm gonna interrupt Mike here. With he popped seven words out of his mouth, and if you guys don't listen to what he just said, he said he was born in his house. And I remember on the Asheville, his first fast tag, he had to actually get a passport. And tell me that little story about the troubles you have with your passport when you're born in the house, Mike. Dude,
3: yeah. So I'm about to go on deployment. And we had to drive all the way to LA because I didn't have, like, a valid birth certificate. Like, I don't know what kind of shit my mom did like whenever I was born in the house, fuck. Like, what measure, measures she went to to get me a goddamn passport. But it wasn't good enough, so I had to drive to LA with a group of people, like, a few days before going on deployment to prove my citizen citizenship and get a passport. And it was only good for a year. And now, still to this day, I struggle to get a fucking passport. Like, I would love to travel, but... I send in my shit, I send in like certified passport, or my old passport, certified birth certificates, and I cannot get a fucking passport to save my life.
0: So, um, uh, shout out to all y'all anti-vaxxers and y'all, uh, essential oil users out there. I know you like to have your kids in bathtubs and shit, but like, <laughs> they're not gonna ever get a passport if you do it.
3: <laughs> um, but anyway, so moving on, yeah, uh, and then I lived in, uh, Dallas for a little bit, right? I lived in Mesquite, um, My mom worked fucking all the time, so living in the city, you grow up fast, right? I lived with, or basically my sister kind of raised me. She was, like, only five years older than me, so I'd get out of school and, like, go run the streets, and, uh, you know, she would be hanging out doing her, like, teenager thing, and then I'd come home, and we'd all, like, sync up. She'd make dinner and shit, and then my mom would come home and think everything was good to go, (laughs) Um, and that happened for fucking ever, Uh, and then I moved to a small town where like I guess my mom like knew um called Glenrose. So shout out to all the people in Glenrose right now listening to this shit. Um went to high school in Glenrose, graduated in Glenrose, small town. Um and that's that's where I joined the Navy from.
0: Okay. Uh what what what's your sports affiliations uh
3: uh it's before like I became a punk ass kid I was I played uh football for a little bit, did wide receiver and did uh basketball. But I know you're talking about like my team. So my teams, I like I like uh the Dallas Mavericks, obviously, the Dallas Cowboys. Um and then I'm a huge boxing fan. Nobody likes boxing but like growing I up I love boxing. You love boxing? I love boxing. Oh my man. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um so growing up, man, my mom would like get all the boxing matches and all the fucking like <laughs> Like once UFC started to become a thing, she started getting the UFCs. But boxing fan, big big boxing fan. So no, I uh,
2: going to so say, what was it like playing youth football in Texas? Cause I played youth football in Massachusetts. It was kind of like you know, not really the big sport up there. Texas seems like you know, in my
3: town, it wasn't it wasn't too crazy either. Like. Dude, in Glenrose, it's a bunch of like white people and Mexicans. Like, bare, like I think there was one black dude on the football team, and he was like the all star, right? But, uh, <laughs> best player on the
2: team.
3: But it, it wasn't too crazy, like in Glenrose. Um, I don't, I can't remember like shit shutting down and stuff like that. But it was, it was still fun. Uh, we didn't have like a passing game, and I was a wide receiver, so like the balls just getting run all the time. Um, so it, it was, it wasn't any. It wasn't like Friday Night Lights. It wasn't like Friday Night Lights. Uh, uh, hold up. Um, my teams, Cowboys and Mavericks, but I'm also a huge Kobe fan. So I, Kobe. I, I Did do hear have, that, Brian. Kobe, I do have love for the Lakers. <laughs> uh, baseball, I don't really follow baseball. Baseball is probably the worst sport I've ever fucking seen. Oh, I hate you right now. <laughs> I love baseball. It baseball is, is, is boring. My it is boring.
0: So since everyone uh, Rogers up here is being big boxing guys, so out of the four of us, I'm probably the least boxing fan. Like I don't mind it, right? Like I've definitely. Watched, you know, Mayweather and and Pacquiao and stuff like that. I also want to ask you guys, where were you, if you were watching it, when fucking Tyson bit Evander Holyfield's ear? And, like, so all of us are close to the same age, right? So I felt like I was a freshman or sophomore in high school, somewhere around that age. You might have been, like, seventh, eighth grade. So, Mike, to you, like, where were you when that shit happened? And, like, what were you thinking, like, as a kid?
3: All right, so as a kid... um. Like I said, my mom used to get all the boxing matches, and my mom's guy was Mike Tyson. So growing up, when you, like, single mom, right, my guy is Mike Tyson. So all I heard about was Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson. When he came out of prison is when I first started watching, right? It was a big hype in my house. My mom's like, oh, this guy, you know, he's the baddest guy, and he just came out of prison. So, like, his first fight, bam, we're watching Tyson. And every fight after that, I'm watching Tyson. So all I know is Mike Tyson as this boxer. And every time I see him, he's just knocking motherfuckers out. Doing work. And, uh um, Is he your
1: favorite fighter?
3: Mm, no, no, not not as a... No, no. We'll move on from that.
1: Okay.
3: Uh But I watched I watched the Tyson Holyfield fight, and it was, for me, heartbreak, dude. Heartbreak. Because you watch the baddest guy you've ever seen, and he's just whooping everybody. And then you see him, like, go for the bite. And then you see him get disqualified and all that shit, and it was like, oh, my God. I didn't think this guy could lose at all. And then he fucking... Well, he did. I remember in the fight, he did like it, it wasn't like
2: he. It was like he tried to do it like earlier, and then he like and then it, and it happened again. Like it was like it wasn't like it's was almost like he planned it. It was it was gonna happen. All right, but I, I
1: mean, will defend. I, was I will still defend Tyson. You want to know he day.
3: Dude, Holyfield's got a big ass head, and he kept throwing headbutts, man. And I will defend yeah. that. Like <laughs> when you beat the shit out of everybody, and then you fight this tall yeah. ass dude, and you're like what five eleven. And he just like keeps headbutting you, and you can't do shit because you can't get in there because he's got the reach and distance. At some point, you're just gonna lose your shit, and I think that's what Tyson. Did. He's not, Go ahead, He's got a big ass
0: dome. He does a big ass dome. Yeah.
3: But that's where I was. I was watching it, and I was I, devastated. So I, I, I don't I,
0: remember where. I don't remember where I was. I I was I remember specifically where I was. I was at a friend's house. Uh, his name was Eric Sanchez, a buddy of mine. He's like, "Hey man, you should come over and uh, watch the fight." I don't think I was a driving age yet because I feel like my mom dropped me off at his house. So I, I want to say I was like 15 maybe. I was definitely in high school. And uh, I was in his room full of like, like the dude was like Mexican as fuck. So he has like all his Mexican uncles and shit. We're all there obviously.
2: And then Trip like. Corner? Was he actually Mexican or was he just Latino and you're just lumping him
3: in? No, like, <laughs> he was definitely Mexican. Uh, was he Mexican right? as fuck though? Yeah.
2: <laughs> he. Uh, is, I'm California
0: man. Shout out to Larry. Like that's all we are. Uh, <laughs> even me. <laughs>
3: you are the, you are the whitest Mexican I've ever met. I'm you telling you. The so,
0: worst as fuck Mexican. I, I know. <laughs> it's just what it is. Uh, but I remember like sitting there and I'm what I don't recall watching a boxing match before that. So like for Nick Church, my first boxing match, like fucking experience was watching this dude, Mike Tyson. I played Mike Tyson punch out like everybody did on Nintendo. Right. Oh, but, yeah. uh, the dude bite the ear, and I remember like looking at like somebody sitting next to me, like we're sitting on the floor, right? So we're in this living room, tube nineteen inch TV, like how you did it, like in the late nineties or whatever. And I'm like, is that like is that what you do in boxing? Or like no, they're like no, like you don't bite people in boxing, right? So, that's
2: that's pretty crazy that you're, that was your first fight. First the first fight. fight that I ever saw, my father showed me Muhammad Ali, like back when he was like it was uh, he was fighting. Hit, I mean he he still went by the name Cassius Clay. It was when he uh it was his Olympic. When he, won the, when he won the golden uh, gold medal in the Olympics. And yeah. I was just like, holy shit. And then, like, I was, like, obsessed with Muhammad Ali. And then I was obsessed with Rocky Marciano. And I kind of really didn't really pay attention to, like, the current fighters. And then it was like, oh, shit. Yeah, Mike Tyson. Like, he's just freaking dominating. Like, the youngest yeah. heavyweight champion ever, right? Yep. And he was just, com- uh, like, a completely different, con- like, contrast to, like, all the traditional fighters. Like, he'd come out there with, like... No socks uh, A towel (laughs) With a hole in it No rope Like just like Just in like A single like His entrance song Music Was just like A single note (laughs) he like walk out Intimidating as fuck Intimidating as fuck And he would just Knock everybody In the first round My The most memorable fight That I ever saw Was the McNeil The Um the McNeely fight when he first came out of prison, that white dude. Yeah, yeah. And they made that movie, the Great White, the Great White Heights yeah. pretty much after that. And it was just, it was hilarious because they're like, "Yeah, he's gonna win." It's just like, no, <laughs> no. It, it the fight lasted thirty eight seconds. It, it wasn't even a minute, or maybe it was a minute. I don't know. It was, it wasn't. I, a, I think round. it was
3: eighteen seconds.
2: It was, yeah. It was. It was quick. The fastest knockout. Everybody, I remember everybody like getting. They're like. I can't believe I paid 100 bucks for this pay per view fight. Like, seconds. just 18 seconds. Like, we were having big parties and shit, and it was just done. Over. That's Lights all. Lights out.
3: That was the thing, man. Like, if you ridded those pay per views, you paid good it's money. And yeah. It was like. Assumed done. risk.
2: Because, like,
0: you watch, like, if you had to pay for a basketball game, right? Or a football game, you're at least minimum getting 60 minutes of entertainment. UFC
2: boxing, it could be three seconds. Five seconds and you just paid sixty bucks for yeah. that shit. So. Yeah, someone comes out and does like a, a Superman punch or like one of those like crazy <laughs> knees like right out of the octa like the know, corner done. of the octagon, but a, a vertice of the <laughs> octagon. <laughs> it's fucking and you're done, yeah.
0: Uh all right, so a little bit about Mike's childhood and shit like that. So Mike, we are uh we are a uh a group slash company that revolves around cigars and sticks and whatnot. So uh let's talk about your cigar experience.
3: All right, my cigar experience. So I am very limited in my cigar ex- experience, but um, my first cigar was when we did pull into Panama when we were on the Asheville, and uh, it was like, oh, fucking Cuban cigars, Cuban cigars. So a whole bunch of people, we got some Cuban cigars, and then uh, when we were out to sea, uh, what I don't even know, halfway night or some shit like yeah. that, we Cuban, up in the Cuban cigars room. in the water room, right? Nick Church is the fucking... What CEO? I you was the, were, the <laughs> uh, So that was my very first uh, cigar experience. So
0: your your first cigar was a Cuban Cohiba.
3: Yeah, I know. It was it, a Cohiba. According to
2: you, it could have been a Mexican cigar. Right?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're all the same, right?
2: But uh, yeah, so I, I so
0: I remember buying a pack of. The, I feel like there were ten in a box, and I remember buying it. And then when we made, when I'm made my wardroom or whatever for halfway night and everybody like came in or whatever i had my uh i had my thing there or whatever and so yeah you definitely was a cohiba is a cuban cohiba because i gave it to you uh not a lot of people honestly mike like i know this will stroke your little shit for a minute but please please stroke my little shit i know for a minute. but a lot of people are like uh you know either they want to do a cuban or, like, that would be a thing, right, to get a Cuban cigar. And this
3: motherfucker's like, yeah, my first cigar was a fucking Cuban. Yeah, because you know, I'm a You know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty gangster. Um, all right, so other than that, um, I went to, so right now I'm on the Kentucky, right? My first, like, officer job. Um, and Nick, he sent me out a package before I went out to sea, and it was like, he gave me two cigars and a Pelican case. And those were my very next two cigars so I had a plan for him I was like I'll smoke one when I get my gold dolphins and I'll smoke another one my first fucking qualified officer deck in the bridge um, and that's what I did I don't even fucking remember what they were but uh, it, it was it was good uh, I
0: don't recall either I know that I was at work and like so typical Mike Gondara fashion he doesn't give you a lot of lead time for anything in his life uh, he lived like a quarter mile at a time and uh, t- t- <laughs> and uh, so he was like hey, man, like, I'm going my first underway, right? I got to smoke in the bridge. I don't know what I'm doing, blah, blah, blah. And I remember being like on a fucking Tuesday, and I was like, hey, so what's my timeline? He was like, I'll leave Friday or whatever he could say, right? And I was like, all right, well, thanks. So I like left the Torp shop, went to like this little boutique uh, place in uh, Williamsburg. uh, And I remember like, I was like, this dude don't have nothing. So i had to buy him a travel humidor. I'd buy him Boveda packs. which so that Pelican my, case? Was that the Warfighter? It wasn't the Warfighter one. It was, uh, I think, uh, Zycar makes the one that I sent him. Oh, actually. Okay, and it's like holds two or four. I can't remember how many. Probably, probably two. Probably um, two. Just like your little typical plastic travel one or whatever. Um, and then um, we, uh, I sent them out <laughs> to him. Got got the cigars. Brian's Brian Brian's you're just there. knocking all Brian's kinds of, of shit over. over. Whatever <laughs> what what Brian's doing, I had to mute it because uh he's like moving or something in his house right now. Uh he's, <laughs> Ooh, he's right. got a uh looks oh, like oh, a oh, right oh. oh. Exactly. Alright, I turn the volume back on because Brian's done like record shot. Uh <laughs> you know, so I, I like I, I get this stuff right and I package it up for, for Mike, send out. Obviously get stuff, like literally probably like the day he's packing a sea bag up, ready to go and uh
2: that's a, that's a very thoughtful, uh, gift.
0: It that was, was, that was. I was just, like, I know most wardrooms have humidors and stuff and stuff like that, but he's also, like, a new ensign, and doesn't know what he's doing, and I was, like, gosh, the cigar thing's, like, one of the few things in life that I feel like I kind of know what I'm doing, so I was, like, let me help
2: another guy out, so. Have, have you had a man the bridge, like, be the one who, like, goes up and, like, man yeah, yeah. the bridge? Yeah, like. Smoking a nice cigar is great, that. but any, smoking anything after that, like being that first one up there and just kind of like it, it's like you landed on the moon and like planted a flag. <laughs> like, that's how it feels like when you fucking are the first one to like, you know. Open up the hatch. Open up the seat, hatch. But like, there. You said you're 1120, You 11, 20, right? say like no close contacts. Like you feel like you're saying like, that's one small step, <laughs> man. <laughs> One giant leap for every 7 <laughs> yeah and he's like light up like a swisher suite doesn't matter it's fucking awesome um you're
3: 1120
2: yeah
3: so I think that's the difference though like dude I've been like I was a fucking lookout and all that shit so it kind of just like transfers through so I didn't see it as that kind of crazy um yeah. meaning
0: your first officer deck. Trip. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Because it, like once you like try to do it a few times like you do a UI as an officer, right? And it's like, oh shit, yeah, I remember how to do this. Um, but you just did it as a fucking youngster. Yeah. So it kind of just like all, everything falls back into place. You've been the gunner in the bridge probably yeah. and all that stuff, so And that goes into uh, like a lot of shit in control because you know, you sit fucking helms and planes and then you sit chief of the watch, dive, and you hear everything that's coming across. So then when you do officer of the deck, it's kind of the same shit. The only shitty part for me was all the sonar and, like, fire control shit. Because I'm it. a dumbass oh, yeah. torpedo man, so I'm, like, looking at the Matrix, like... <laughs> uh, the Matrix. Sonar, I report this. And they're like, oh, that's nothing. I'm like, uh, it looks like some bad shit I saw in training. They're like, no, it's its own ship. I'm like, oh, fuck. Okay.
2: <laughs> what, about, what about the engineering crap where they're like, uh, come on, maneuvering, request to... You, blah, blah, and you're just like... So yeah, that's kind of...
3: That's like 50-50 because I would always, like... Um, like any of my nukes that are going to listen to this shit I would always like talk to my nuke boys And like I would ask them questions for Oris Because they, they would have these books out and shit And I would ask them questions So I would I would go out of my way to learn nuke shit Just so I could like fuck with them a little bit um, But there is some but then stuff there's you, it, There what? is that stuff where they're like saying some shit And I'm like Maneuvering Kanai. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not about to repeat all the shit you just said. I don't even know what you're gonna do, but fuck it, send it. <laughs> a lot of it is that
2: there are some things where they're like they're like this, and you got to just be like, oh yeah, that's the that affects the propulsion. Like yeah, like, yeah. that affects the propulsion limit. I need to know that shit. Like, right. Really, everything else like
3: like there might yeah, be another here. officer in control, and he's junior to me, but he's a fucking nuke, so I'll look at him, and be like, hey, we good, man? He's like, oh yeah. I'm like, maneuvering Kanai. Go ahead, <laughs> do, do your
2: thing. Got a heavy crew. All you gotta do is make sure it's in the night orders and then yeah. I'm getting the for it. And he's like, oh yeah, I can do this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're, right. yeah, yeah we're, we're good. We're good. Maneuvering con wait? Uh, let me see.
0: Maneuvering con eye! That's awesome. Uh, all right, Mike. Uh, so, man, interested to hear this answer from you, but funniest thing happened underway slash deployment slash port call slash. Local and any of the home ports you've ever been stationed in, Seashore or whatever. Like, your Navy experience, you're, you're going on uh, 16 years, I think, now, or almost 16 years. Uh, what's, like, like just some memorable experience uh, that, that sticks with you?
3: Um, so, we've talked about one. Uh, some other memorable experiences.
0: And specifically, like, something funny, comedy. So... Man, this answer is
3: probably going to be disappointing because I am me, and everybody thinks I'm a fucking clown or whatever. But
0: well, I got more for you.
3: Oh God, Um, I think. uh, Uh, Are you waiting for
2: him to say something on the Asheville that you know is funny? Well, I've
0: got I've got about fifteen questions to ask him that our our viewers on Facebook and Instagram have hit me up with. (laughs) So if he doesn't touch on any of the things I think he's going to touch on, I'm going to get it anyways. Oh, all right, so.
3: Not necessarily, like, just funny or, like, solid stories, but being in the Chiefs' quarters on the Alaska, um, playing, like, euchre and shit like that, playing poker or whatever, uh, just all of us going at each other, right? Because, you know, I talk shit. I say some stupid shit. Everyone's got a nickname. Everybody's got a nickname. Everybody. Um, So just going with that and, like, we have our little nicknames and going back and forth or, um, fuck, I mean, there's the classic... Uh, I had just gotten in trouble for basically drinking on duty, right?
0: Actual drinking on duty.
3: Actual drinking on duty, didn't go to mass, and then that same fucking deployment, I had my TM2, as I'm the LPO TM2, give me a fucking tattoo on my ass in VLC. Ah, oh, uh. I yep. thought you said you were on a
2: submarine, not in prison. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right.
3: I will say one of us was on watch, and i God. That's a horrible thing to say, but let's let's just take this back. That I was. This was back in the day. Like I was a youngster, right? So, yep. Nobody can be held accountable for shit anymore. But dude, I've done some dumb shit. Um, as chief, tattoo as a DLC. chief. Ready for this one? I don't even know if you know about this one. As a chief at TTF. Stand in CDO, so like it's me in like a first class or whatever, at TTF stand in CDO, you know, your boy maybe have ordered some fucking porn, and you know, it popped up later, it was like, hey, everybody come in here, um, I was just looking at the cable bill, and there was a fucking, uh, you oh know, some god. people ordered some porn, I was like, oh, fuck. Oh yeah. my god, that
0: definitely wasn't you, you just caught it. Uh, <laughs> right. uh, yeah, that was me. It, <laughs> it was, was happening to be there. But, dude, I'm... Oh my god. Uh so, all right, so, prior chief, you were chief for five years, right, before you got commissioned. A lot of people can't say that. A lot of people can't say they've been a chief. A lot of people can't say they've ever been a lieutenant, right, all that. You've done both. Um, what is the thing that sticks out to, to you now, because now you've been in the game, you've been commissioned for about three years now, uh, that you're like, man, I really do miss X about the chief's mess, or being a chief.
3: Um, all right, so you mentioned I was on the Alaska, right? And Kodiak Tough. Kodiak Tough, dude. We got the Battenberg. We got like Battle fucking almost like every year. Sarah Palin. Yeah, dude. <laughs> we were we were crushing it, right? That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> um being a chief or in or enlisted, we'll go back to enlisted, right? Being enlisted is just putting in work with the boys, man. Like being in the torpedo room, you're putting in long ass hours. Um, I remember being on the Asheville and uh, one of our high-pressure air valves to shoot the fucking torpedo tubes broke and me, Reese, Fernie, like, we, we had to, like, rev the package and, uh, you know, put in a whole new air reducer, you know, like a day before going on deployment. And just just being in that situation or any situations where you're just putting in work with the boys, and as far as, like, Chief, it really goes back to in the Chiefs' quarters with the Alaska. Like, that was... You talk to Suarez or anybody else that was in that Chiefs quarters, that is the baddest Chiefs quarters I've ever fucking been a part of. Name, name drop some of them, guys. I give them love. Uh, Stan Smith, CS, fucking Dave Wright, the Cobb, Danny Brown, all day, man. My man Danny, Danny Brown. I love Danny Brown. God, he's a goddamn legend, it's right? God's gift to fucking FTs. Uh, Curtis Liberaki, Tony Fortner, Ryan Webb, man. Like, just bad. At, and if I don't call you out, it's probably because I've been drinking for a little bit, but... <laughs> Dude, the Chiefs quarters on the Alaska was bad as fuck. You had like the number 1, number 2, number 3 guys of the whole fucking waterfront and it was just solid as fuck. So playing like cards with those guys and like all the stupid ass nicknames and shit talking we did back and forth.
2: What was the best nickname? Um,
3: Kay. well it's a it's a tu- it's a dual thing, right? Uh so I had two partners, one of them was a black guy and one of them was a gay guy, so when we played Euchre, they would call us, uh, if I was with the gay guy, they'd call us Juicy Fruit, because they said I look like Juice (laughs) from Sons of Anarchy. (laughs) You (laughs) You do? (laughs) Yeah. So for me and the gay guy, we were Juicy Fruit, right? And then for me and the black guy, it was uh, Choco Taco.
0: (laughs) Um, Pretty good. (laughs)
3: Oh man! But that but that was my enlisted officer, or sorry, enlisted in chief stuff.
0: Right. so now, officer, wardroom, and I still kind of figuring it out. I I'm figuring it out with you, right? But you start starting to get comfortable, right? You put on JG, no one's looking at you like you suck anymore. You just suck mostly, and uh, you are doing your thing. But like you're an officer, right? Like what's a thing that stands out uh, to you as being
3: an officer? Like man, you know what? Today's a good day to be an officer um okay well first I'll go to just job opportunities so being a torpedo man and on a submarine like you're you're either gonna do like go back and forth from shore duty to boat so like a 3mc tour a cob tour whatever and that's your life like that's it uh being an officer it just opens it up to so much more right like I can go to a schoolhouse I can go do a webs tour on any fucking coast I can go to Italy be a force protection guy just the job opportunities that open up awesome um but more personal Probably mentoring like JOs because like me, I got commissioned in 18 and then I was on the boat in 18. So everybody that comes on the boat, you know, their ensigns, JGs, dude, they all promoted before me. Like we would always have promotion ceremonies and I'm still the fucking guy with the bull rules and everybody else is getting promoted. But watching those guys like grow up, even the department heads, like they'll come up and be like, hey, man, you know, like you got 15 years in. What, uh, like, am I fucking shit up? Whatever. And just being able to give those guys the juice and then watch them later just, like, run shit as the office of the deck or, like, a depart, or, you know, just a JL of a division and just run shit. It's it's pretty yeah. badass.
0: You know what's funny is, uh, <clears throat> th- this is kind of enlightened to me, like, when I get to squadron, right, and I'm dealing with all the boats and all the webs and stuff, and, you know, for the first time now, I feel, mm-hmm. like, older and more seasoned, right, because I got 16, 17 years in. I came in the Navy when most XOs on the boats came in the Navy. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I, like, always, as an enlisted guy all the way up the ranks, up the chief, I always kind of, like, thought for the most part the wepses knew what they were doing. They had it under control, like, whatever, right? And then, like, I come to the other side. Like, so now I'm commissioned. I'm a lieutenant. I was going to say fake it to you make it. and Which is, like, yeah. how you do it. <laughs> How you do in the Navy, right, is you fake it till you make it or you get fired, but however you want to look at it. Um, but, like, you know, so now, like, the other side of it, and I see it, and, like, having, you know, 14 local but total 16 submarines uh, for squadron 6, you're like, holy cow, man. Like, you got, like, you know, the all-stars, the hot shots, like, the guys that kind of got together, probably had good JL backgrounds, probably had a good chief that brought them along that kind of taught them some shit, I think there's some other guys,
2: and you're like, "Oh my god!" Like, can TM One relieve you? Like, <laughs> you really do not know what you're doing right now. I could I could talk about this at length, but I don't want to because it'll just make me angry. Yeah. Do you, have you, version? Version? Do you have a Cliff Nut version? What? You
1: have a Cliff Note version? Um. No, I second I second that. No, I
2: I don't I don't I don't, I don't want to uh, derail this conversation. Yeah, I don't
0: want we, to. We derail. will talk about that with cigars on the deck here in an hour. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, all right, so, and I, and I agree with Mike, man, like, the, the mentoring side,
2: and not to downplay it, right? Like, cause I respect the shit out of the. I, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. I, I don't mean to interrupt you. That's not what he. I don't think that was the spirit of the question. The spirit of the question is like, oh, I'm an officer now. I don't have to jump into this bilge and fucking scrub and, and pick up, you know, uh, You
3: So you want to know the real that, answer to that? Probably. Yeah, so, yeah. uh, we, pre- we appreciate that. I mean, that. That was a very, that was a, yeah, that was a, great, that, that answer, answer, was a right? yeah. Here's the real answer. So I have a WEPs, right? He's a department head, but he's not going to tell me shit, right? So I'm going to show up to work and I'm not going to tell him like when I'm leaving or anything because I'm, I, I've been in for 16 years, right? So You've i am in longer than him. Right? I, I've done, I'll, I'll do my work and I'll be like, all right, and just roll the fuck out. So let the real answer to the question for being an officer is the working hours. You control them. I control my working hours. Like, he's he's not going to call go. me back in and be like, oh, AWEPS, uh, blah, blah, blah. He's going to be like, no, I'm not going to call this guy because he's going to tell me to fuck <clears throat> off. And you'd be like, I get here before
2: you anyway, so I'll have it done in the morning before you even get out of work. Exactly. Yeah, Turn Yeah, but sometimes you don't show up
3: before. <laughs> and you roll into work for about an hour and you're like, all right, I'm 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 gone." Oh,
2: that's good. I'm glad Steve got that out of him because
0: that, <laughs> that was good. The that was spirit
2: good. of the question
0: was right.
2: Uh, the, cushiness, been, the cushiness. Yeah. It's not... Like oh I'm glad that somebody serves me in the wardroom because that's annoying as fuck. It is annoying (laughs) as fucking annoying.
0: I do not like that. I I do not like. I I fucking hate that. And I know know all you uh, gung ho navy officers listening there may not like this. I really don't like being saluted either. I don't think that. I know I get the history behind it and I get all that kind of stuff, but I don't know. It's still weird, man. When you go 12 years of your career like you were the dude always saluting, and then like you got to switch the game up. Now they're saluting you, and then when you're a lieutenant. It's 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 just crazy, man. Like seeing Did something. you know you chub up? It's just it's just nah,
1: man. <laughs> it's kind
0: of kind of annoying. Like yeah. it's annoying. Just don't eat in there and you're fine. That's you don't sh- have to worry about serving. That's true, Brian. But Brian's a unicorn, right? He's a he's a fucking warrant officer. Yeah, so just like, be Brian and then nobody
3: we'll salutes your ass anyway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he could be like in, in. I'm fucking with you, Brian. He can go to Chiefs' Met in the you know in the fucking cruise mess or whatever, and all one them be like. Can a warrant officer eat in here or not? We don't know. His chief says fucking title. Like, I guess he could be here. Like, you got immunity. It's different when you're a lieutenant. They expect things out of you. Uh, so, you know, God, I wish I was a warrant officer sometimes. <laughs> um, all right, cool. So, uh, that kind of like rounds that out right there. Uh, a little bit of history of, of, of Mike Gondara kind of being on his thing or whatever, as I guess. So we are going to now roll into uh, the regular segments of of our podcast. And so today, as we're recording, today is the 23rd of December. Uh, The 23rd of December is a a date uh, that is always important to me. It's very important, right? Uh, Today is Festivus. Uh, And if anyone that's listened to Seinfeld or watched Seinfeld before, uh, the episode called The Strike in Season 9, which is their uh, their final season that they recorded, right? Uh, it's this kind of made-up holiday, right? Where they have a poll, and, uh, you know, George, George gives some fake gifts out. Uh, the, to human his, to the, human boss, the human fund.
2: To his boss, the
0: human fund. And then, like, his boss was like, oh, we got to, like, get get ready some money on the books, so I'm going to write you a check for, like, 30 grand for the human fund. And then George doesn't know to do that check because the human fund doesn't exist. Are you a Seinfeld guy? Oh I'm a h I've i seen every episode, like, a thousand times. God damn so it. he, like, has to get out of it. He He has to go tell his boss. And, like, so he decides to be like, oh, well... The reason why I had a made-up gift was because I, am you know, I don't do Christmas. I do Festivus. He's like, I'll, I'll prove it if I have to. His boss is like, Yep, I'm, I'm gonna need you to prove it actually. And uh, you know, they go. I'm from the there. only
1: black dude
0: that wants to Seinfeld. Hey, uh, yeah, Seinfeld's my shit, man. Like, one A, one B now with the Office. I didn't fuck with the Office like when it was being recorded, but Mike like bugged me for years to get on the Office, and I finally got on it. And like, depending on what kind of mood I'm in. You know, but I definitely watched more of The Office in sure. Seinfeld the last like three or four years. So That's
3: thanks right. for Mike. That's right. You're welcome. Um,
0: so anyway, so the, the the main thing with Festivus and, and true uh, spirit of, of the holiday today is the airing your grievances. This is so wrong you first. yeah. So uh, what I would like to do is uh, we're gonna do round robin here. Is uh, air out your grievances. Uh, what's something that bothered you this year? That you feel like the people need to know, and I'm gonna get off of Brian.
1: Alright, before, before we start, then I'm gonna take my job back to the boxing thing. <laughs> if you haven't seen Arturo Gotti versus Mickey Ward, you gotta watch that shit.
3: Oh man, round nine. Yeah, that's
1: what I'm saying. You have to watch that shit. That's all I'm gonna say, I'm gonna leave it at that. Um, the area of grievances, the only thing that I've been frustrated about is like the negativity of everybody. Right, and it's not concentrated. It's just people bitching on social media about everything. They're not doing anything about it. They're just complaining. I just can't stand it. It's just annoying as fuck, and I hate dealing with it, man. I, I'm with you, Brian. Uh, I hate when we get
0: into whether it's uh, you know an election year or whether it's mm-hmm. some sort of. Karen, that's offended, and it makes its way to Fox News or CNN sure. or whatever. I'm like, I, I just don't want to log on to Facebook for the next three days or whatever because I'm a what I'm going to see, right? And uh, everybody believes in uh, freedom of speech and let, as long as it uh, aligns with what your views are, right? And the first person, right. that, that, yeah. the first person that says something that like, you don't agree with, all of a sudden everybody gets all offended or whatever, and uh. it's like, well, wait a minute, right? So, uh, I'm with you, man. Like, just being negative and then and then putting that negativity on on the platforms that are out there
2: is frustrating as fuck to me. Uh, so, Steve, air out. I think that uh, you, you brought up like the, like this being an election year on top of everything else, right? It's just the sheer laziness of Americans, right? Like we are so fucking lazy as a country, right? Like you know the election. You know, a lot of people they they just have an opinion, but they don't they don't research anything, right? Uh, they like, I mean, you look back at like our our grandparents, right? Like they were they were a hardworking people, like just straight up just accepting unemployment, being like, oh, I'm to go to work, and like that has impacted like. Not really the Navy, but, like, our outside job. Like, I want to go here. Oh, we're just not going to be open because we don't have any employees because they're just getting money for free, right? Yep. Which some people deserved it, but the ultimate thing of laziness that I saw the other day that drove me fucking wild was I was walking my dog. There's a couple of streets by where I live where nobody picks up their dog shit when they walk their dog, right? I hate picking up my dog shit, but I do it. (laughs) Because I hate because I hate stepping in dog shit, right? <laughs> so I'm on one of these streets where nobody picks up their dog shit, right? And I saw a bag of dog shit that somebody picked up the shit and then littered and left the bag on the pick street. Up? I am not gonna fucking pick that no, shit. No, I'm saying why did they even oh, exactly. bag? why did they even bend it not even a block away was a public Virginia Beach Waste management oh fucking God. trash can, not even not even a full block away, like half a block away. They picked up the shit and then, you know, tied the little knot and no. then threw it on the ground. It's like, why? It's Nobody crazy. would notice because there's dog shit everywhere, but you're so fucking lazy that you can and it was like, what the fuck were you thinking? You're just that fucking lazy. I don't know, it, That the laziness of America is, uh, is at all time high. Is that an all-time high?
0: It is. You know, you touched on that. Uh, you know, it's you a know, sensitive topic. I mean, you talk about people's jobs and and the last nine months, whatever. But I can tell you, man, that there's a lot of people that were actually making more money on the stimulus. You know, I, we we joke about it. We call it Trump Bucks, right? For all that all that time, right? And they were getting that kicker from the state and the federal government, and then it came time that hey, COVID restrictions are are you know we're relaxing. We think we got a we're controlling the curve and I'm talking like May or June. Right. And, uh, and, uh, you know, businesses were looking to open back up and people weren't taking these jobs because they're like, well, I'm making more money sitting on my ass at home. Yeah. Then they go and actually fucking earn my living. And it's like very frustrating. I won't name drop, but I fucking know too many instances of that, um, what happened. And with your wife and her profession, I'm sure they've experienced
2: some of that too. Uh, I mean, I, I, my wife is not one of those people. She was one of the people that like went back yep. and, and you know did it. And she always does extra. That's why they promoted her. But uh, yeah, she worked with a lot of people like that. And again, I'm not going to name drop, but yeah,
0: it's, it's, it's
2: shitty. Mike,
3: air it out, son. Um, mine are more selfish. So um, I've I've done the one shore duty, and being an LDO, you only do like a really one sea tour, right? So. I'm ready to fucking not be on sea duty anymore. And um the whole ROM thing, like the guy that's coming to relieve me, he's got to like fly to a school and then ROM for 2 weeks and then, you know, do the school ROM like once he flies back and just fucking ROM after ROM and 2 weeks after 2 weeks. It 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 has definitely made me not be able to leave when at the end to. of the year and more like summertime of next year. So it's like it's like that, interest.
2: It's just compounds.
3: Yeah, that fucking sucks. Um, and then the whole reason of like going back to um, Swift Lent is to be to the kids, right? And it's just like more just... Time wasted, you know. Like I can't, I can't get back. That's the whole, the whole reason I'm going. to be be the end of
0: summer, and then be maybe back in school
3: again, and yeah. then you're learning a your new job and crazy hours. And yeah, and that, but that's my biggest beef is just the rom shit, man. And I, I get it, I understand it, and I definitely appreciate it because right now, I mean, I'm, I'm it right, like, it. I'm benefiting. I, I flew over here, and then I'm gonna go back to Washington, and I'm gonna chill for two weeks. So yeah. like, fucking awesome. But when it doesn't benefit me, it fucking sucks.
0: Uh, for me, it's the, it's it's this whole, the way our country in itself, you know, um, tread lightly here with how I talk, but how we've treated this pandemic. Um, wear your mask and stay six feet away and, and you won't get the, the COVID. But also, we don't trust you to do those things, so we're also going to close down all these businesses. And oh, wait, you can still get COVID if you have the mask on. And then people make masks out of stupid shit like bandanas or, like, whatever. And then you got dudes walking around with, like, they're like birds with the NH95s. Like, it's like, I, I just hate the unpredictability of, like, you know, I feel like we're we're supposed to be, like, the freest country in the world. and But yet, like, I'm being told whether or not I'm allowed to go and have a beer at a brewery. I'm being told I got to put a mask on or not put a mask on. Um, I just hate that. Like, and I know it's new, and I know you know we'll never really know. Right now, we'll know later. Like exactly everything in hindsight. Twenty years from now, there'll there'll be some fucking ESPN thirty for thirty on this or something. But <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but it's like it's really frustrating because I just hate. I'm those of y'all, those of y'all that know me, and I think the the three of y'all here know me as well as probably most people. I'm very like structured and, and like I like knowing what I have to do and when I do it, and probably why the military's been, you know, I don't want to say easy, but I've been able to kind of become a corporate man, if you will. The shoe fits. Because I like, I like that in my life, I really do. Um, and this, I, I, I don't never know what I'm supposed to do, I don't never know when it's going to change. And like, there's
2: no like real major basis of why it changed other than no, someone decides the that they want to change it. There's no, there's, there's a lot, not a lot of science behind things. And, and granted, like lawmakers, they're they're faced with a with a difficult situation, right? But I went to go buy a gift card <clears throat> for my brother-in-law the other day at a restaurant, right? Went in, right? I wasn't dining in, I have my mask on, and I'm talking with the stand, standing away from the the hostess because they just opened up the restaurant. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they still had all their seats at the bar. And I was like, that's really weird. Like, you guys having bar seating? They're like, no, but we have our oyster bar over there, which is like a different bar from the alcohol bar. It was the oyster bar. But the same thing. They're allowed to have people sit at the oyster bar because they're eating. They're like, it doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, yeah. Just like how, and there was a high talk table, like right next to uh, where I was standing when I was talking to her. In the high-top table, I literally went like this. I was like, what is the difference between me going like this? And I sat on the seat, and my head was the same height as me sitting on the high-top chair. And I took my mask off. And I was like, what is the fucking difference? I moved one foot to the left. My head is still the same height that I was at. Like, there's no... End and difference. They're, and, they're like, uh, and they were like, well, you know, you can't get COVID when you're sitting down. And I, and I was going to say... So
3: it's scientifically
2: proven. And I was like, well, maybe I was, I was going to make a bad joke. I'll tell the joke now. I was like, I was going to say, like, like, you can only get it when you're sitting down. I'm like, yeah, maybe because the lawmakers think that you can only get coronavirus from having access to your butthole by standing up. <laughs> but I didn't say it because it was two young women. I do not want to, like, freak them out because they don't know my sense of humor. Plus, you can't see any facial expression from somebody when they're joking because you're wearing Uh-oh. a fucking mask. But it was a bad joke, one. But two... The the science is just like what literally what is the difference? There is none. But you sense. have to you have to you have to delineate limits for people to make a rule. So it's it's a we see it as dumb, but like as a lawmaker, if you were in the lawmaker situation, like what are you going to do? You know what I mean? You have to say something.
0: It, I, I, it's, it's a shit situation. It's
2: just hard, like without
0: getting on a political podium, which mm-hmm. I refuse to do in this forum, right? But I'm more libertarian-minded than anything else, right? And I just hate being told how you're going to do things. But, like, not being told why, really, either. They're just kind of like... You know, and, and, and when you go into chief initiation, they always talk about shooting from the hip. I feel like we've been shooting from the hip since fucking March. And we're like, whatever. We're just, all right, let's we'll just see what it sticks. We'll see what mass chief fucking accepts this bullshit, like, in the day. And, like, as a masses, we accept it uh, because we don't know either, right? right. So yeah. it's it's just, you know, whatever. So...
1: I don't know. I think people people get frustrated because the finish line keeps moving, you know? It doesn't change. Like, every time we get closer to somewhere, it just moves to a different direction, and people are pissed off about it. It does. I agree with that.
0: All right, guys. So, this next segment here that we got is Best Stick uh, Limit 3, right? Because I know it's hard sometimes to say, like, hey, this is my go, or whatever, of 2020. So, Brian, I'm I'm gonna kick it over to you. Uh, Give me right now your top three, uh, top three sticks of 2020.
1: Okay, so uh, I I did the top three. Uh, Honor Montes by Sinistro was my number one. Uh, I took uh, Alifa Oscar at number two, and then I did the Aquamar Castle by Foundation. That might Mike, Mike put us on yep. as number
0: three. Yeah, no, that was good that was a good stick for sure. And so you had to leave uh number two, you said? Yeah, yeah me, we number two and then Honor Mont was
1: number one for
0: this year. Alright, so uh for me, uh so my number one and it was tough, right? But my number one and I've only smoked this cigar once, right? So my Favorite cigar of 2020 was only smoked one time. It sat in my humidor for about five months. It was given to me as a gift. Stolen Throne Crook of the Crown.
1: Oh, that shit is fucking dope. And
0: I was nervous that you were going to bring that up, Brian. Uh, I really was. Um, That was a good one. But that was my shit. My number two also like Brian is Leaf by Oscar uh, specifically the Maduro. Um, I I like how it's smooth and like, I, I just I still like the coolness of Opening up that fucking that tobacco leaf, right, and your cigars in there and stuff like that. Uh, it has, it just has like that whole thing about smoking a cigar added to it. And then uh, my number three is a uh, Liga Provider Number Nine by Drew Estate. Uh, oh man, that's a good one too. It, it, it's spicy. It's a little hot. I think you have, to have. I think you have to pair it with the right drink. Um, I smoked it in the bridge with you on the Washington, and. Yeah. Uh, while that experience itself was awesome, right? It was, like, changing of the guard, right? Your last ride, my first ride. It's fucking 2 in the morning. We're smoking fucking cigars in the bridge of fucking submarine. Like, like honestly, bro, like, highlight, like, that might be, like, the top five of events of my career. Um, because hands down, like, you and Mike are, like, my best dudes, right? And the fact that I was able to tag both y'all in cigar... <laughs> Over the course of our career, and, and with Mike, it was before Sailors and Sticks, right? But to tag both you guys in memorable cigar experiences, like, retire me tomorrow, bro. And, like, I got the story from retirement. Hey,
3: real quick, I just want to say, Brian, when this po- podcast first kicked off, <laughs> Nick was like, hey, uh, you know, this is a special one for me, my best friend, Mike Gandara. So I just want you to keep that in the back of your head whenever uh, you keep going with this. Because I always spoke with Nick. I'm like, oh, oh, Brian, right? Uh, your your acquaintance. acquaintance. Your acquaintance. <laughs> He's a little jealous. Uh, yeah, you got, got the romance,
1: man. Yeah, uh,
0: it, it, it goes hard, but you'd be my side chick, son. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, uh, so Steve, uh, kick it off. I guess I'm just like the, you know, the, the random the random person who has no no sort of specialness in your heart for these things, <laughs> but that's cool. No, I'll go on to mine. You're the random Bostonian. I got yeah. you, boo. I got <laughs> you, boo. Feel a little left out here. Uh, no, I'm just fine with you. Um... D- uh, liga provider number 9 the first one i ever had was the flying pig okay yep but a the, the little short fat one yeah a little short fat one yep. it's like one of those little like sausages but um <clears throat> that I, I, I that wasn't one for this year this year was definitely Rosine brown and Volt, dude you really are the- on that shit i fucking love that cigar man yeah. like that is he just changed it up too so that he actually made it a little bit shorter but a little bit wider i haven't smoked the new one <laughs> and i'm hard there you go um, but I haven't smoked the new ones uh, yet I, I I would be smoking it right now if we were smoking while we were recording but I understand it's in your house so no big deal um, but trust me first off I've definitely considered
0: like lighting up right now where we are but I think when I leave this place and it smells like cigar smoke that might be a bad fucking call
2: I got I got, <laughs> least I got a funny story about cigar smell that I want, I want, just give me a minute. Uh, Let's get through this segment yeah. here. Uh, the <laughs> other one, though, is, uh, yeah, Brian, you, you know, Leaf by Oscar Maduro, without a doubt, Uh I'm gonna you is, one tonight. I, I never, I can never find it in the store either. Like, they're always gone. So that, that means that we're not the only ones that like that cigar. Yep. It's a very, very good cigar. And,
0: um, hey, with the, with the leaf by Oscar, real quick, I'll never forget, man. If he's listening to this, I hate to put you on blast, son, but my, mo- my boy Aiden Rodriguez, when he tried to. Oh, <laughs> Don's little bitch ass? And he, tried to, he tried to light that shit with the leaf still wrapped around it. Remember that shit? Like, oh, man. Yeah. Anyway, he
1: was, he was the only one, but yeah, he, I remember him doing
2: that. Yeah. <laughs> when you say that, when you take it out of the the wrapper, though, it's like a it's like a butterfly coming out of the cocoon. It is. The cocoon. It's like this it beautiful is. cigar. So that, that those are those are my two. It's the butterfly uh, effect. No, nothing else really jumps out as as anything better than I've smoked before. Yeah, so those I had two. So those I, definitely I, stuck out, man. And I'm
0: and I'm gonna say, man, like, have you had a
2: Dos Vuelo by Rod? I have. So I bought. Uh,
0: so yeah, I love those ones. I've like, had the Profit. And then I got a four-pack from him. I gifted two of them away. I've got two left in my humidor, and letting let them sit. Um, the only thing I say, is shout out to my man Roz, that's on this kick right. He's making his own cigar. Me and Brian would love to, to like be in that game once we don't have top secret clearances anymore. Uh, <laughs> like we're trying to do the damn thing. But uh, if he could just put like the name of the cigar on the footer, you know what I mean? Because like I get four of them, the different blends, and I don't know which ones they are. So that's my only recommendation to him or whatever.
2: Actually, I had another. He had another one. I'm trying to find the fucking name. I wrote it down. The Pil- pilgrim. Pilgrim. The pilgrim. The pilgrim's awesome too. Pilgrim. But there was I another did. one. It was one of his barber. Uh, uh, the barber pole. Barber pole ones. So I've had that one. I don't remember what it was. Well, called. he's got two. He's got two. There's one that was. Uh, I wrote it down so I fucking remember the name. I'll I'll find it
0: I'll find it. While Steve's looking here, so so Mike Gandara, I know you don't smoke a lot. I don't know if we just need to exempt you from this, but like, you know, and maybe you can't name drop a cigar brand, but maybe an experience or something like that.
3: Yeah, I, so I definitely I'm not deep in the game like you guys, but I can uh, name drop the last two experiences. So me and Nick, what two nights ago. Um, we went out on the back porch Where I guess we would usually be doing this podcast Um, and you You hooked me up with one, and then the very Next day, well first off, that night I fucked up, right, I I drank A little too heavy, and I actually Inhaled, like, two times, man, I felt like I was about to fucking die (laughs) Uh I got got into that that deep mindset And I, like, I, I took a puff And I inhaled it, and I was like, oh, fuck me Like, my throat was about to explode Um but then the, the the day after that, when we went to go hook up with your boys for that uh, housewarming event, yep. Um, whatever those two motherfuckers were, those were good, those were good, especially for like a, a beginner like me. So uh, so for y'all cigar smokers there,
0: I'll translate to what Mike just said. Uh, so the first cigar that I gave him when he was out on the deck, uh, that was the Blackbird Company. They, they've kind of, a recent kind of thing, me and Brian have gotten some of their cigars from Scallywags. It was a Finch. Yeah. Uh, which is a lighter one, right? I wanted Mike to have a lighter one. I told him, I said, "Hey, so have a lighter cigar. Step your game up a little bit, um, up into it." And then he was he was he was drinking on some Glen that that Caribbean Reserve Glen. Uh, <laughs> so it's a smooth it's a smooth Scotch, right? So it paired well with it. And then I gave him the uh, Torpedo Cut, Honor Among Thieves, uh, at, at my boy's house. So. Uh, shout out to, to my man, uh, Kevin Alexander. I don't know if he's going to to this podcast ever. Probably not because he's old as fuck. But uh, <laughs> he, uh, he he hosts a couple guys over for his uh, housewarming uh, situation. He's got an indoor smoke lounge, which is fucking awesome to have. One day, maybe I'll have one of those also. Uh, but, but it was really great, man. And uh, we got a little Chief Slut training involved in that also. And just, uh, you know, shout yeah. out
3: to Paul Logan.
0: Paul Logan. Do it. Don't even ring doorbells. Just come in the houses. Do what yeah, you just want. Just walk
3: in and get fucked up yeah. by everybody in the house. That's
0: right. So,
3: uh, all right, cool.
0: So now I want to segue this into uh, with, with with our best stick of, of 2020. What's your best drink of 2020? So, it could be a, a whiskey, scotch, a beer, a mixed drink you had somewhere, or whatever. Um, what's something they put you on, right? So, uh, for me, it's tough, guys, because like. I got a fucking bar, right? I've been doing the bar thing before COVID-19 happened. I'm doing the bar thing like when COVID-19 has gone. I'm s- staring at, you know, probably like 30, 40 bottles on my bar. And then I got another like, what, 20 under the bar.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm always trying to like do it or whatever. But I got two for me, right? So my my number one, right, is uh, willet Pot Steel Bourbon. Uh, so it's got a crazy looking top on it. It's one of my top shelf bourbons. It's really only about $55. If you can get it at, at cost, right? It goes black market for like two, $300. Um, what do you mean
2: black market?
0: Like to buy it online, like people... like African Americans prices. only purchase it. People raise the prices. Okay. <laughs> uh, so a man, uh, uh, Matt Tomazik, uh he goes out to Kentucky, which is at where it's distilled at or whatever. And um, he always hits me up, bro. He's my dude, right? And he's always like, he's another Seven Sticks member. And he's like, hey, Nick, I'm going to Kentucky. Do you want any more, will it? And I'm always like, yeah, give me what you can get. So he's gotten me, I think, four bottles this year. And, like, I I really, like, rarely crack it out unless it's, like, a special occasion or something like that. Um, Because it's very important to me. And then for scotch, uh, I've had a tasting of it twice this year. And then I ended up buying my own bottle of it about two weeks ago. The Glendronic 12. Uh, Glendronic's a really, really good scotch and uh, I actually let Mike have it. I gave Mike, when Mike came to my house on Sunday, I gave him a blind tasting of four of my favorite Scotches I have in my bar. And I didn't tell him which ones were which, and he picked Glendronica as the number one also. Um, we had, the, we had that, the Balvini 14 in there, the Caribbean cast. Yep, that second one up there. And some other ones, so uh, I'm not a huge Scotch guy. Like, i probably like 80, 20, like when I'm like drinking, like 80% of the time I'm on whiskey and 20% of the time I'm on Scotch. I don't not like scotch, it's just like I'm kind of picky with scotch. Um, whereas, like, whiskey, I can I can drink anything from Kentucky, pretty much. Those are my drinks. Brian, what you got? Uh,
1: so, I need the Blood Orange Old Fashioned or anything I can find in Nick Jerky's house. Uh, <laughs> when, when I'm staying with you, you make fucking these crazy ass drinks I've never had in my life, and they're fucking delicious. So, uh, those are probably anything that you was. Slaying on the
0: bar probably my favorite drink of that year. <laughs> yeah. And we all know Brian's a, a hardcore supporter of Bottom Shelf, uh, Yellow Wolf, Whiskey, uh, what is <laughs> what's that shit called? Creek Water. Brian, creek water. He's, he's wearing his, uh, so we're on FaceTime with Brian right now on my TV and uh, he's got his Yellow Wolf shirt on, <laughs> repping the Creek Water, drinking <laughs> the Jameson and fucking Ginger Ale. <laughs> Steve, uh, what, what are some drinks to stand out for you this year?
2: Um, just, just to circle back, I found the thing about Rod that's his box press, God wills it. That's the other one, the barber pole. It was really good. Um, the, um, so the, the, the thing that stood out to me the most was, uh, this, uh, this cordial that, uh, my, my friend went to West Virginia and brought it back and, uh, Gave me a bottle of this. It's a, the brew, the the distillery is Mountain State Spirits. I I was reading the bottle. I wrote down everything because I couldn't really find, like, an actual brand. Bourbon Ratafia, Ratifa? Yep. Ratafia. It was a walnut maple bourbon cordial. That sounds complicated. But it was, it was 65 proof, right? So it's like, a it's like, it's like you took your favorite whiskey, poured it in a, some Aquafina. Put it in. Well, yeah, you, you, know, you put it in a glass and let the ice melt a little bit. Yep. And they started drinking it, and you got like all the flavors. So, but it had like a little <clears> bit more like, kind of like a syrupy sugar thing. So it was kind of like a, it was kind of like drinking like an old fashioned before it like you know the ice melted. So it was like a sixty five proof cordial. That's nuts. It, dude, it, I totally underestimated this. I drank, I drank a large portion of the bottle. Cause it's 65 uh, proof Cause it's 65 proof Because I was able to But like I was just Drinking it straight On the rocks And it was It was delicious Cause it had the The sugars of a cordial But man It jacked me up Way faster Than I thought it was going to but, then he
3: woke up Butt neck in an alley uh, I wish um, <laughs>
2: I woke up I woke up Fully clothed On my couch Which is worse.
3: <laughs> Um
0: that's 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 funny. But
2: no, that 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 one was uh, it, it was fantastic, and, and it was uh, the the walnut, the the walnut and the maple mixed with the kind of like the, the sweetness of the bourbon. Anyways, so yeah. I, I, I really liked it. So, okay, if you ever come across something like that? That was that was a good drink,
3: Mike G. Um, all right. So, like Nick said, whenever I came in that first night, he laid out some fucking scotches or you know whiskeys or whatever. Um, I will say number two was his number one for the night is that uh, Glenn Dronit. Um, that was that was really good but I'm a Glenn Livet fan and so I think the next night or the night after that uh, he busted open the Glenn um, Caribbean Caribbean Coast. yeah Caribbean Reserve or whatever that would probably be the number one just cause it's Glenn um, so yeah th- those would be my number twos or you know one and twos oh yeah All right. Uh, Damn, that was good.
0: Hey, guys, appreciate you listening to the Seven Sticks Season 2, Episode 1 of the Seven Sticks Podcast. This episode ended up being quite long, uh, almost two hours of recording. So, in order to condense it, this is going to be the end here of Episode 1. But we're going to drop another episode right after this It's going to cover all the bonus content that has our wrap around the axle. Uh, sessions that we'd like to end our podcast with so appreciate it everybody have fun stay safe seven sticks we out